This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. From Gimlet, this is The Pitch. I'm Josh Muccio. On this show, we take you into the room where entrepreneurs pitch investors. He's a quitter. He's a quitter. He's a quitters, quitter. there's no room for quitters on the pitch. The stakes are high. Today's founder hopes to walk away with the money he needs to grow his business. We're kind of like Southwest on the ground. Are you worried that school's gonna get in the way of running this company? All we're saying is that we think you're onto something. Yeah. That's the good news. I think you're, I, you're leaving I, money on the table. We think you're leaving money on the table. <laughs> yeah, that's even the better news. In this episode, an entrepreneur pitches his plan to take on Uber for his piece of the ride-sharing pie. There's just one catch. He has to run his company between English class and algebra. Will he pass the test with our investors? Phil Nadell is with Forefront Venture Partners. In pitches, he often steers the conversation back to the cold, hard numbers. I just want to go back to the revenue model. Yeah. I didn't yeah. finish that yeah. off. Jillian Manis is here representing Structure Capital. She tends to get really invested in a founder, regardless of whether or not there's money on the table. I don't see this coffee as being so special, but I do see you being special. Jake Chapman's here with Gelt VC. As a former lawyer, he often obsesses over the tiniest of details. But if a founder can hold up under cross-examination, he might just invest. You need data, right, to say that people do sit and play this for three hours or whatever it is. And like, what sort of data do you have on that? Howie Diamond founded the VC firm Ranch Ventures. He looks for scrappy founders who come hell or high water, get the job done. It's just one of my things as an investor, I want to know that you can build something that's like actually functional. Our founder, Hayden Sanad, enters the room. How's your day going today? Oh, it's been kind of long. We just had a plane ride out from L.A., so oh, just goodness. got here. Rock our socks. <laughs> My name is Hayden, and I'm a senior down at Agora High School in L.A. Yeah, you heard that right. Hayden is a senior in high school. He's a clean-cut, skinny 17-year-old, and he seems aloof in the way that teenagers often are. Behind the mic, he tries to stand up a little straighter, but you can tell he's nervous. And last year when I got my license, I asked my dad if I could get a car. And he said, sure, but only if I could find out a way to pay for it. So I came up with a plan to lease out a car for the summer and drive people back and forth from LA to Vegas on the weekends to make up for the lease and insurance payments. And because Tesla offered free charging on all of its electric cars, he wouldn't even have to pay for fuel. By the end of that summer, Hayden thought, why not assemble a whole fleet of Teslas to drive even more people around? So that was then, and here we are now. Tesloop is building the world's leading sustainable mobility service. We're perfecting inner city transit between 50 and 300 miles. 
So we're here today raising $1 million to do this, 500,000 of which we've already closed. So to clarify, we're here today to raise 500,000 more. Very well done. Are you Thank a senior? You. you must be a yeah, senior. Yeah, I'm a senior this Okay, year. so you were able to rent, lease a Tesla because you're 18 years old. When I originally leased it, I was 16, so I leased it under my... Well, that's kind of complicated, but my dad had it leased for me okay. through a third-party <laughs> service. I can imagine a 16 year old going and saying, hello, I'd like to lease it for three months, and if you don't like it, you know, happiness. Um, so, where are you going to school? Do you know? No, I'm... Where do you want to go to all school? All my apps are due I know. at the end of the month. So what's your first choice? Well, see, there's two paths I'm either going to take. I'm either going to go out of state, but that really creates a problem with me working with Test Loop still. Right. Or I can stay in the area and still work with Test Loop. So I'm really undecided where I'm going to go to college. I'm applying to a lot of different universities. Okay. And Jillian seems more curious about Haydn's own future than she is about the future of Tesloop. There's only one problem here. It shows that the investors may not be taking him seriously as a founder. Are you worried that school's gonna get in the way of running this company? I think I'm gonna have, there's gonna be a point where I'm gonna have, have to, to pick one that, to put all my time and effort into. I say And the way I'm saying it's school. If that happens, who right. runs the company? Well, there's five other people working full-time right now, so... How old are they? They're not in school. No, they're not in school. They're very seasoned entrepreneurs. He was going to say very old. old. They're very old. <laughs> are they as old as I we are? You. Okay, I... They're in their, like, mid-20s. Between, yeah, be, between really like, mid-20s to 50s. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, wow. That old. And everyone's working full-time. And what's your role at the company today? Right now I'm doing... Well, since school started, over the summer I work full-time, right. and then I just kind of do side tasks when I'm still working in school. Like today, sure. I still had to go to school. How did you bring in your CEO? Where'd you find him and make that connection? The CEO is my dad. Right. So That's great. I've known him for a little bit. Okay, now the room can breathe a little. Haydn may be 17, but he isn't running a lemonade stand. He's got a team of seasoned entrepreneurs, and a CEO to keep things running while he's in class. But he's still the founder, and his job today is to sell investors on his company. He's got some work to do. So I'm trying to figure out, and maybe I've completely lost this, exactly what this business is. Is it is it fleets? Is it of test? Can you explain exactly what this yeah. is? Is it just me or my? No, mis- I'm having the same. Okay. I don't understand. Okay, okay. No, that's a good question. Okay. So we're kind of like Southwest on the ground, where we drive people from one city to another in Teslas, oh. be- between their pickup points for a pretty low, economically priced ticket. So you so it's, a, it's an Uber for Teslas. Yeah, right. for it's long distance. For long distance. Long distance trips. Yeah. Or between, between how many miles? 50, 50 to, to 300, 300 is our target distance. Is what we call the electric call, where the economics of electric cars really benefit you. 50 to 30, because yeah. further than that, miles. you have to charge the car too much. Shorter right. than that, like a gas-powered car kind of benefits you because you don't have to charge. So how does that work? You get free charging? Yeah, you get we get free unlimited charging for at the supercharger. But everyone does, not just you. Everyone does. Yeah. Haydn says that Tesla will continue to offer free charging because back when Tesloop was nothing more than an idea, our young entrepreneur made a bold move. 
So I brought the idea up with Elon Musk at the shareholders meeting in 2015. And at that point, he assured me that Tesla would pay for all of the fuel costs for long distance travel in the Model S forever. Do you mind asking me how you got to Elon? I just at the shareholders meeting. So your father must be on the board or somebody. No, um, I just bought a couple of Tesla stocks in like 2014. And so did he. So we both were able to get into the meeting. Right. So then That's so great. you can just stand in line pretty much and ask questions. And I asked him a question which resulted in him telling us or telling everyone basically that Tesla was going to supply free long distance travel forever on their supercharger network. Okay, so he didn't quite have a sit down meeting with Elon Musk, but Hayden is showing how enterprising he is. I mean, it's pretty crazy that he got the CEO of a multi-billion dollar company to promise free supercharging for life. Still, a verbal commitment made at a shareholder meeting isn't exactly a signed contract. I suppose there could be, they might draw a line between consumer usage and business usage. As of right now, they haven't drawn that line, and we are in somewhat collaborating with Tesla. They're aware of what's happening. They're aware we're using it for commercial use. And right now, they haven't said anything about that. And there are a lot of people that work in the Tesla stores as well as executives that are aware that we exist, and they haven't had any issues yet. Hayden seems certain that Tesla won't have any problems with Tesloop. But competition is heating up in transportation right now. There are more than a few other household names that might pose a problem. I mean, it's a good idea. What What's to say that Uber or any other ride-sharing would not just lift this? Or well, lift? we think that there are a couple reasons why Uber can't do this. The first is that for the next four years, this can only be done on Teslas. They have the only platform with big batteries and supercharging and nice cars that allows this model to happen. And for strategic reasons, Uber can't really work with Tesla because then Tesla would have all of the information to their sensory data and Uber would have none of that. So they'd be kind of losing all of the information about their cars. Are you, are you leasing the cars? Yes. Well, we have a leasing company that leases the cars for us and then offers us a zero down. It's around 2500 to 3000 a month for the cars. How so many cars? Right now we have one Model S and two Model Xs. And what cities are you servicing now? We launched between LA and Vegas, well LA and Orange County to Vegas and back. How are the the routes booked? Are they does the driver wait Logistics. in Palm Springs for a few hours if there's like the timings don't match or then you're paying the driver to wait? Like how does that just walk me through like mm-hmm. That's a good question. That, so that. right now we have two cars running on Palm Springs and they leave at 8 a.m. and 1 p.m. from Palm Springs, and then there's returns at 11 and 3. Ah, now so that's set not times. Okay, set those times. aren't those aren't Good. specifically set times. How we've kind of been doing it right now, where is if the first person to book wants it within an hour difference, we can accommodate that, and then the other people booking will just have to go with the first person's time. Okay. He may have started his pitch a little behind the eight ball, but Hayden's really starting to build momentum. You can tell he's been in the trenches as a founder, and he's come out with a clear understanding of what it takes to make this business work. Now investors are ready to talk dollars and cents. What's the cost? So that's pretty dynamic on the day and the demand, but for Vegas, it varies between 59 to 129 one way per person. And But I can book in advance? 
You can book two months in advance. Two months in advance. And what's the Palm Springs cost? And Palm Springs is 39 to 59. How long does that trip take? The trip's about two and a half to 245 to three, depending on traffic. And someone could pay $39 for that? I can't even get from San Francisco to Atherton for $39. San Francisco to Atherton? I can't get from the ferry building to the mission for some days. Is that right? I can pay $39 and go for a two and a half hour drive to get to Palm Springs. Yep. What and it, it is a shared car, so oh. There, oh. there will be cool. oh, that's a so possibility. A we have in the Model X, four available seats to book. In the Model S, three. Yep. Okay. But even if you don't fill up the cars, even if we don't fill up the cars, paying thirty nine bucks. Yeah, you still pay the same. We still have to run them. How did you price no this? What. Just curiosity, because it seems quite low, and it seems that you could probably price this a wee bit higher. Yeah. We're pricing it basically to meet all of our expenses. We're not, as of right now, because the expenses are going to be trending towards zero in the future. This cost for right now is going to remain the same. And maybe two years from now, that's when we get really great revenue. When Haydn talks about expenses trending towards zero, he's betting on future breakthroughs in technology, like self-driving cars. But a few years is a long time in the world of startups. Haydn will have to convince investors that Tesloop can generate enough revenue the way things are right now. Why, why would you only price this to cover your costs when I think the market would bear you charging at least 50, at least 50 um, on the low side and 75 on the high side? I'm just trying to figure out. Well, I'm just, and what's this is, the competition? How, how, how can you get from LA to Palm Springs or plane, LA to Vegas now? Uh, what are the competitors and what's the cost? So for Palm Springs, the only real, really other travel alternatives would be fly there, which is expensive. It's almost $200, $250. You can take an Amtrak, but that's not a direct route. How about a bus? The buses aren't... We wouldn't call them competitors because it's a completely different experience. But actually, you're supporting Phil. My you're supporting my question and my is that it seems like you're the only kind of only horse in town. So why not price yourself a bit higher, no matter what, so that you're actually not just covering your costs. All we're saying is that we think you're onto something. Yeah, that's the good news. I think you're okay? you're leaving I, money on the table. We think you're leaving money on the table. <laughs> Yeah, that's even the better news. When an investor says to an entrepreneur, you aren't charging enough, you may think they're pointing out a major flaw. But what they're really saying is, you've created a thing that is so unique that you could raise your prices and people would still use your service. And what makes this feedback even more remarkable is the fact that Tesloop is in transportation, a market that is extremely price sensitive. Well, how much revenue did you do last month? Last month we did in total around 27,000. 27. With three cars. With three cars. Right. So you raised 500 of the million. Who, how did you raise that? And what was the valuation? I missed that. You were raising 1 million. It's 1 million into 6 million cap. Oh, 6 cap. Okay. 
Haydn explains that his first $500,000 was funded by Clearstone Venture Partners, an early investor in PayPal. With half of their fundraising already in the bank and 27 k in monthly recurring revenue with just three cars, Haydn has the ear of our investors. But before they cross the finish line... I have a question, too, that we've all sort of danced around. We brought up a little bit, but you've built a company that is... You built it entirely on the Tesla platform, mm -hmm. and Tesla's not really a platform company. Like they didn't build a platform for other people to build businesses on. I mean, you you, I, did, you did it in the name Tesla Loop, and I think that if you got really big, either Tesla is going to buy you or they're going to shut you down on that name because it, it's it's definitely trademark infringement. I think that's right. a problem, and then you've built. You built your your cost structure on using Tesla cars and free charging, which Musk said sort of would remain free, but that doesn't mean free for commercial use. And he didn't. You don't have a contract with him. Like I, I would feel great if you'd had a personal conversation with Tesla, something to say that they we acknowledge that your business exists and we give you freedom to operate. Um, I think if you get big, Tesla is either going to have to buy you or they're gonna have to shut you down. Or they're gonna build this themselves. And then yeah. shut you down. We don't think Tesla's gonna try to do this themselves. They're, Elon Musk is not about creating city-to-city -city transit. Right now, his oh. one of his biggest focuses is automizing manufacturing. And there's a lot of focus on that from Tesla and the rest of his companies yeah. that we don't think Tesla directly will come into our exact model. Oh. And okay, I would also Differ to say that Tesla did create a platform to be built upon. They have open sourced a lot of their data. They're very accepting of use of their supercharging from us, and they have a lot of future implications that are going to arise from their platform. I think this is awesome, this company you've built. It's really great. So don't take this to be like brutal criticism, mm -hmm. but they're accepting of a three-car company yeah. using superchargers. It's very expensive for Tesla to build out these networks. And if you scale up and you've got 100 cars on the road mm -hmm. to Palm Springs every day, and the other Tesla drivers who are not commercial drivers cannot get a supercharger, I guarantee you Tesla is going to say, no commercial use, you are not allowed to use our stations. Um, mm -hmm. Because they've built this network for their private owners. Right. Um, they didn't build us for commercial use. Yeah, it's it comes down to if we're at the scale where Tesla won't let us operate on this, we're going to have to pay for electricity, and that will all come into play in the future, but for the foreseeable future, there's no okay. issues with Tesla and the supercharging. Okay. The question of how Tesla might react is starting to swallow up the conversation. And because Haydn's answers are based on maybes and speculation, this may cast a shadow over an otherwise solid business. Let's see what the investors decide. Jillian speaks up first. So I commend you for being so young and having so much vision. In fact, I'm dumbfounded. Thank I'm going to kill my kids for naught. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there's this kid. He sat there. He's 18 years old. He came up the 17 business. 17 right now. Oh, 17. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I'm just, I, I'm gobstopped. I think you're so, you're you're bright. And you're, I give your father so much credit 
um, for uh, for supporting your vision and seeing the merit of it. And I do think it has tremendous merit. It's a little early for me to go in right now um, because I think there are some challenges mm-hmm. ahead, and I'd like to see how the company addresses those challenges. Um, so I'm going to pass, but I'd like to say on the record that um, choose a school, okay, because this is not going to be, if you thought this up at 17 years well, old. To right? clarify, it'd be community college in L.A. versus school out of state. I'm saying as a mother, mm-hmm. I'm saying to you, this company will run itself with your father and everyone else. You don't need to be a part of it right this second. I would put your education first and try to get into the best school possible because if you're doing this and you have this vision at 17 years old, you're going to have a lot of other ones. And I would love to, for you to have the education to know how to build this a business and um, because I think you have many more in you. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just, this is not, this is personal advice. Prioritize your education. Go to the best school, and you can always say that I started a company when I was 16 years old. That's all I'm saying as a mother. I'll take that to heart. Please do. Here's Phil with a slightly different perspective. Just to um, contradict Julian a little bit, um, I have my older son uh, who, uh, while in college, took a leave of absence to start a company uh, because he couldn't do both at the same time. And uh, he started a company called Clink. Uh, which is alcohol delivery, and he's crushing it. He's doing great. And uh, he'll eventually go back to school, but um, he's okay. on leave of absence now. And Okay, and, so he took a gap year. Uh, gap okay. years, yes. <laughs> gap years, um, right. But, but in any case... Um, okay. I, there's, no and, play, there's no right or wrong. And yeah. I want to say That's that... Um, Presenting uh, parenting styles, is ne- that never goes down a happy road. <laughs> I want to say also that um, I'm a, a Tesla evangelist. I've been a, a Tesla owner for four years. I've had two of them. Love the cars. Love the company. Uh, uh, I think what you're doing is is really cool. I think you have a lot of challenges ahead of you. I think there's perhaps more competitive pressures coming uh, in the near future than you're accounting for. Um, there are a lot of uh, other less expensive electric cars that are going to be introduced in the next year or two that will have the same seating capacity. Um, so I'm just not super charged up about the deal. And so I'm going, did you catch that? I got him to He's laugh. Good. Got him to laugh. He, he noticed my pun. pun. So I, I want, I'll do what I can to help you. Uh, and I wish you all the best. And I, again, I think you're a rock star, but uh, I'm, I'm going to pass. Phil's out. Here's Howie. The initiative you're taking is incredible. I mean, you're incredibly inspiring. Um, I, I think you have an entrepreneurial, I mean, it's clear you have an entrepreneurial mind. You speak like an entrepreneur. You use all the right terminology. I mean, you're thinking about things in a very scrappy and creative way, um, which is awesome. So, Thanks. like, keep doing that. Yeah. But this feels like a really cool hack. Um and you have some revenue, um, but I would just need to see a little bit more of that before I would go in. So right now it's a pass, but keep up the good work. All right, thank you. The only investor left is our former lawyer, Jake. If anyone can navigate the risks associated with Test Loop, it would be him. So to Howie's hack point, I think a lot of great businesses have been built on the back of hacks, right? Sort of 
taking advantage of loopholes in the system. Your first car was a loophole in the system, basically. Yeah. Um, so I've got I've got no problem with that whatsoever. My problem is that I think you haven't thought through yet, or you're not at the stage yet of figuring out how to move from the hack to the sustainable company. There are a ton, a ton of operational issues that you haven't had to address yet. And I think you're super sharp. You've got this great team. I think you can address these issues, but we haven't seen that yet. And like, I don't, I don't even think you know yet what you don't know. And mm-hmm. you won't know that until you've mm-hmm. got 20 or 30 cars on the road. Um, and so you're, you're definitely a little bit early for me because of those reasons. Um, without really raising the ire of Tesla, you can build a $100,000 a month business, a nice business. I just think to get to that real next level, the $10 million, $50 million, $100 million, billion dollar business, it's a, it's a really different business from what you have now. So for me, it's a pass. Haydn isn't walking away with any money today, but he is leaving with the respect of these investors. Wow, what a great kid. So, For sure. I would use the service no, no, while I can. I might like when cheap. I'm in LA, yeah. <laughs> so I can go to Palm Springs for yeah. 40 bucks. Right, or in a Las Vegas. Vegas. And by the way, once, yeah. once Hyperloop kicked in. Remember earlier when Haydn said that Tesla was aware of Tesloop and hadn't done anything to stop it yet? Well, a couple weeks after the pitch we just heard, Tesla dropped a bombshell announcement. They will not permit Tesla's self-driving technology to be used on any ride-sharing service except for their own. This should mean the beginning of the end for Tesloop. When we come back, we'll find out from Haydn himself. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. We talk to a lot of entrepreneurs on the show, and one thread that connects them all, they're not just pitching their business, they're pitching themselves. Because small business owners know that their business is more than just a company, it's their whole life. And State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, and they know what it takes. They can help you choose personalized policies to fit your budget. That's the personal touch. That's small business insurance from State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. Small business owners know that it's not just business. It's personal. Your business is your life. And State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know what it takes. They can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. And they live and work in your community. So you're not just getting an insurance plan, you're getting that personal touch. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome back. Since Hayden pitched our investors, a lot has happened to the young entrepreneur. He got accepted into Chapman University in Southern California, but he actually took Phil's advice and decided to take a gap year to keep working on Tesloop. With his college plans all sorted, I had to ask, what was it like to pitch our investors? 
I would say for the first maybe 15 seconds, it was a little intimidating. But after I kind of met the investors and talked to them and introduced myself, I just felt pretty comfortable in the room and I was ready to just tell them what we were doing at Test Loop. What was it like pitching these big time investors in the room and then you you leave from there, you head back home? Were you, you were back in school the following morning, am I right? Yeah. Was it weird being back in, uh, I don't know, what, what math class were you in, like calc or something? Um, AP statistics. AP statistics. <laughs> was it weird just like looking around? I'm, I'm guessing none of your classmates knew that you were doing that the day prior. Um, I mean, maybe they saw a Snapchat story of me in San Francisco. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's it. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't really see it as a big difference in my life. It's just kind of part of my life and school is also, and they're all just elements that go together and they're pretty separate. I'm I'm not, I don't even see myself as different or in a different place. I'm still just a student really? at Agora High School. It doesn't feel weird at all to be probably one of the, I mean, you have to assume you're the only person building a business of, of this scale at, at your age. I mean, it feels weir- weirder to be in the investor room than it does at school. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I'm really out of place. It sounds like things are going pretty well for Haydn. But of course, I'm really dying to know what's going on with Loop since the news broke from Tesla. The company announced that its driverless cars cannot be used to make money on other third-party ride-sharing services. You know, like Uber, Lyft, Loop. That sounds like it kills your whole business model, which was relying on the fact that you weren't going to have driver cost in the future once autonomous you know, Tesla cars were, were driving. Um, there was, there's some speculation on that. I don't know the exact details, but that, that announcement wasn't fully true because it doesn't actually, um, eliminate us from using their autonomous ride sharing. There's some weird clauses in there that actually do let us proceed with everything that we're doing. Really? What? Can you explain this to I me? Could, Cause it, we talked to Tesla and it just kind of, we closed it cause it didn't really apply to us. So you talked talk to, you talk to f- Tesla. What did, what did they say? Um, it, it was this, it was a in-person discussion that I wasn't present for, so I don't have any specific details, but I know that it was, it was not directed at us. Interesting. So you've gotten in their good graces for whatever reason. I mean, this seemed, this announcement seemed from, uh, from the outside, like to be directed at companies exactly like yourself. Well, how I see it, at least in the short run, we're really we're doing Tesla a favor because when you look at the numbers of Tesla's test drives and how they're trying to get customers in their cars, we're actually introducing a lot more people into Tesla's than any of their marketing efforts have allowed for them. So in a way, we're kind of a big marketing benefit to Tesla and they're not really, they're not trying to lose that at this point. So in the future, I can't, I can't say what's definite, but at least right now, it has been a, a good relationship. <laughs> my, my favorite line from from this is we're do, we're doing Tesla a favor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's gonna that, that's gonna. I happen. mean, I I think we definitely are doing Tesla a favor in many ways. But what I said was the most important, and that we're bringing more customers to their cars. This is the beauty of being an eighteen-year-old founder. You can confidently walk straight into a tenuous relationship with Tesla with an attitude of, we'll figure it out, we aren't worried, Tesla likes us, and we're doing them a favor. Unlike more seasoned entrepreneurs, 
Haydn has yet to be jaded by years of experience. And with nothing to lose, he's taking risks that no one else is willing to take. He could make millions or witness the demise of his first company. You know, normal teenage stuff. To hear scenes from next week's episode, stay tuned till after the credits. Want to share your thoughts? Send us an email at thepitch at gimletmedia.com. Want to hear our thoughts? Subscribe to our brand new email newsletter and get behind the scenes stuff at thepitch.show slash email. Our show is produced by me, Josh Muccio, Asa Chaturvedi, and Rob Zipko. We are edited by Devin Taylor with help from Annie Rose Strasser. Special thanks to Colleen Pellisier and Allison Berenger, who originally produced this episode back in our indie podcast days. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder, with original music composed by The Musemaker, Bobby Lord, Donnie Karma, John Kimbrough, Louis Weeks, King Collective, and Edwin. We were mixed by Enoch Kim. Thanks to Lisa Muccio for planning the season two recording event last fall. And a quick disclaimer, no offer to invest is being made to or solicited from the listening audience on today's show. Also, I want to say a quick thank you to the original sponsor of season two, the It's Worth Doing Right family. All right. You've been listening to The Pitch from Gimlet Media. I'm Josh Muccio. See you next week. Next week on The Pitch. Um, so we did what any normal person would do. We quit our nice lives and we moved out here to a garage in Palo Alto. I think it makes sense. And like, I never respond to recruiters, but I'm sure a lot of most of you haven't applied to a job since you were in college like me. Any good person doesn't apply for a job, right? Is there a number at which you wouldn't pass? Yeah. I, I think for me at 10, I would do it. No, can't do it. New episodes drop on Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss a thing. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business. It's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.